I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was influenced by so many different walks of life, so many different women, women who were from the sex industry. I found them super empowering, like strippers. Before even strippers was cool, before it was in the music video. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, wow, these women, like, I didn't see them as weak. I saw them as like, wow, you guys are the strongest women because you get up and you do that and you are the boss. And I don't know, it sounds crazy, but I was really empowered by them. I say it's the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, the joy in my feet. I'm a woman. Phenomenally. How do you use your difference to stand out and shine? How do you make art beautiful? How do you bring sexy and raw into ballet? And how do you own a powerful womanhood and a charming girlhood? Sophia Polonia knows how. Born in Brixton with a Jamaican father and British mother, she started life in a context of mixtures that would be the foundation of her unique success. At six, she found her love for dance through a drag show, which would lead her to dance classical ballet at the Royal Ballet School. Growing up, she was faced with standing out. Growing into the woman she would become, she knew how to not conform and instead remain true to herself. In her teen years, she started looking into the arts outside of ballet and realized how her uniqueness was her strength and how it made her irreplaceable. As she left ballet at the age of 19, she searched for everything that was out of the norm of the classical. From sex performers to cabarets and fashion, she assembled inspiration that she used to elevate everything she did. She became one of the highly sought after performing personalities in London that would push boundaries everywhere. She got the classical beauty into the odd and the odd and wild into the classical. In whatever Sophie does, she aspires to give her audience soul. Hear out this girl and let her spark infuse you. You may be inspired to find that little something in yourself that you always wanted to let out but didn't know how to. Welcome, Sophie. Thank you for having me, Tio. I'm so happy to be here. Um, And I think you are the most major babe of all. So it's an honor that you would want to talk to me, (laughs) I do, I do. I just want to give my little personal touch to this girl because interviewing her cannot even capture who she is as a person. I wish you could see her in the studio. She's sitting with a leopard um, 80s top on and biker's pants are just looking too fab, too cool for school, which makes you wonder how she did the ballet school being so perfect (laughs) as well. We'll get to that. But anyway, I remember I met you the first time and you had this like je ne sais quoi aura, but without being cocky, without being arrogant, you just had an insane smile on your lips, just like spreading joy into the room. And what struck me with you, even then, even though it's only now that I can formulate it and put in the context of what I'm doing with Modern Madonnas, is that you were both embracing your like sensational, charming girlhood that we many of us don't dare to show always. And you were also being this fierce woman. And I was like, oh, man, I want to be that. I, I like 
Oh, because I, I often feel like in many rooms I need to behave more masculine to own the room. Mm. Um, not that it's like consciously forced, but I think I've just developed it maybe as a Swede, maybe as what I'm doing in life. I don't know, but it struck me as that's it. You know, that is the new kind of femininity or the new kind of even feminist movement where we just own our girlhood and go own our womanhood at the same time. Um And then later on, I obviously uh, discovered that you had an sensational talent and uh, you were you were so many depths. Um, so anyway, my and apart from being a talent, you are a hard worker. It goes without saying that if you've been a professional uh, ballet dancer and still are a professional dancer in so many ways, you're a hard worker in your mind and in your body. So I would love for you to get us deep into the beginning <laughs> when it all started where okay um well it all started i was a late starter and i had no like dance background i was kind of from a where i grew up in south london in brixton big up brixton <laughs> and um, um i don't know i was bored little girl like all of us and um i actually i, I think i've told you this before where my mother took me to pride when I was young, which I thought was really cool. And I saw these beautiful gay queens up there performing and I was just utterly amazed. And I was like, I want to be on the stage. I want to do this. And then she thought, okay, well, let's put you into ballet. And I started at a £2.50 class in the good old days when things were cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it all started from there. And I managed to, I don't know how, um, managed to bag myself a scholarship to the Royal Ballet when I was 11 years old, meaning that all my fees were paid for because there was no way in hell my family were able to pay the fees that they were charging. Um, and uh, I'm so grateful and lucky to have experienced that that whole experience it's, it's insane I still can't get over it. I'm like wow I did that that's that's madness um hardcore training yeah. seven days a week ballet was definitely first education second but I didn't mind that mm-hmm. um, still a very smart girl yeah well yeah I try to be <laughs> blagging it blagging smart <laughs> but um no it was intense training I mean it was probably yeah nine hours a day training you know you get up you do class you do academics you come back you do pas de deux you do solos you do point work and this was from the ages the age from 11 to to 19 I was doing that was my life every day training one day off Sunday Mm -hmm. I even had to work on Saturdays did you yeah so as I, I know a lot of my childhood some people say that I lost but oh my god I don't think I did I think I gained so much who said you lost Maybe my mother's friends or people who didn't understand that, mm. you know, I was a young child going off to boarding school away from my my family and f- old friends mm. and suddenly working and training rather than just kind of being a child and experiencing the Internet or phones. I missed that. Mm. I was training. Mm. So we were kind of late. We were kind of still very childlike. And maybe that's why I still have this like girl charm about me. Maybe. Because, you know... We didn't have phones. We didn't really have laptops. We had an IT room, but we didn't have had access to that when we were doing an IT class, really, or maybe on the weekend. That's actually, yeah. Yeah, so we were quite late on, like, the digital era because we were kind of just still... Training. I mean, in all honesty, I think actually back in the days, we all were late on the yeah. digital area. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> no, we were, absolutely. But even like the things like MSN. Oh, yeah. Remember MSN chat? Oh, yeah. 
MySpace. <laughs> it was kind of, I was late to that. Mm. I was late to the party. Mm. I was like, oh God, I've got to, i got to catch up with all these cool kids. <laughs> and even music, you know, like. I didn't have t- I didn't really have time to yeah. to see what was I don't know. I want to cool. dive back into one thing you said. You said I don't know how, but I managed to get a scholarship. I'm sure that it was very strong persistency in both mm. convincing your parents to do it and mm. making the money work and being extremely good at what you did. Yeah, I think I I don't even think I was extremely good at that point, but they could see my passion mm. and they could see that I love dancing and um I I got it. I might mm. not have had the technique yet, but they thought oh, we can give her the technique. But she has the artistry already. I think that's what they saw in me. They saw the potential in me. Yeah, yeah. Which radiates through you as a person still today. Oh. Do you? Were you ever afraid then, or were you just loving it? Uh, I wasn't afraid at that time. Of mm. course, there was some fear of like I wanted it, mm. but that's great. That pushes you. But I think because I really knew nothing about it, it mm. was me just joyfully dancing. It put all the pressure off because I was just there because I was like having fun Mm. and for a lot of the other girls at that age they had already been training and and knew how much it meant to them and I was just like oh you know and and in a way that made me free Mm. so therefore I could express and I could just have fun and let go and be free because dancing can be a bit of a trap because you get so much in your head, everything has to be perfect and it can become robotic. But at that point, I didn't have any, I wasn't putting that much pressure on myself. I, Of course, I wanted to get in, but I also was just like, take it or leave it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, take that with you all in life, people. Yeah. Um, also, am I right to say that your situation in life may have been a bit different from all the other ballet girls yeah you know they many of them may have been quite privileged um Mm. and you were just it was all on you and you had to do it you know coming from Brixton yeah um and probably being one of the few you know the only the only (laughs) really I was the only mixed race person of color in my year the only one uh yeah and there uh, there was one other girl there was three of us in the whole school and how did you understand that back then Uh, well, it was quite difficult, actually. Yeah. I did feel different. I did feel like the odd one out. And I felt I felt very, I felt like I wasn't attracted for a, attractive for a really long time. I thought I was like the ugly, the ugly one. Really? Yeah. And I always thought none of the boys or girls liked me yeah. in, in a like a boyfriend, girlfriend way. Got it. But yeah, when I think back, I was like, wow. Yeah, I, I did feel like, you know, my hair is big and wild. Um, I hate to use the word wild, sorry. I retract that. Mm. My hair's big and beautiful. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see, I'm still learning today yeah. to yeah. educate myself. That's that's strong. Yeah. That's strong you that just even saw that. you... Yeah. Because I've been in like a predominantly white world, actually. Yeah. And and coming from Brixton, coming from a poorer background, a less privileged background, it did give me this fight. I had this like fight in me and I was harder, mm. if you like. They wouldn't break you down as easily. No, no. They did couldn't. you cry when they when they were teaching you? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I did cry, but that was fine because yeah. I wanted to show like, I have feelings and I am soft as well, yeah. as much as oh, I am wow. hard. You it know? was like that. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I'm going to cry. You can't say these things to me and expect I'm not going to yeah. react. Yeah. But I would try and stay strong. It was more about maybe what other students might say 
uh, to me, maybe not even knowing how maybe quite racist it was. I wouldn't like cry what? to that. What would they say? I remember one incident. I'm not naming names, but, you know, we're in a classroom and the teacher was like, oh, Sophie, who would remember my name quickly if it was a new teacher? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's because I'm doing a good job. And oh. they would say, no, it's because you're black. That's why oh, he remembers your God. name. Like there's not, it's, you know, stuff like that. Or I'm not sure if you could be a swan in Swan Lake because... I'll stand out because oh, I, I have that. brown skin. Oh, my God. But that was like, you know, yeah. young kids are mean, man. Kids are. Did you know how to talk back then or did you just. I was just like, I was just giving it like, whatever. No, it's not that. I defended myself. But like, yeah, it did hurt. But I could not let I could never let them see that it hurt me. Yeah. Was I it like you why. didn't have the vocabulary to fight that back for what it think, should be fought yeah, back for? I didn't yeah. think it was right. I yeah. thought maybe they're right. Oh. You know, maybe I was like, oh, maybe, but whatever, you know. Oh, that's so good to see you <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. And, but then, but I also know that at one point that switched and that you were the only person of color in the Royal Ballet School was suddenly like you were the one who was seen, who yeah. was fronting. You were like owning your talent. Absolutely. And you had massive passion and all of that. How, yeah. When did you feel that transformation? Um, probably towards the end when I was like uh, going into the college years, so I was becoming more of a, a young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I was less influenced by what was around me, and I was looking outside of the ballet world and remembering where I came from a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So probably around uh, fifteen, around fifteen, fifteen, I was like Mm-mm. looking at myself, thinking, "Actually, darling, quite a catch." <laughs> 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 you know, and 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 also just knowing, owning my power, and and understanding, like actually, do you know what? I have something here, and and rather than like feel like oh poor me or I'm the only one, I was like, you guys need me, and I understood that quite early on, yeah. and was like, I'm going to run with this, yeah. and and not feel shame about it, just feel proud about it. And about at that point, the different. whole the entire balance switched as well, and you were kind of leading the show in a way mm, yeah my yeah. own show anyway yeah, yeah I was uh, I was leading my own show and I wouldn't let that get in the way of, that of must me. be hard also in a in a ballet world because it's so much about the group dynamic yeah and how you flow together yeah and you're like no it's my show yeah I'm my pre- I'm the prima ballerina of, of my, my show, show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's amazing I hope somebody's coming to watch yeah <laughs> No, but it was, it was. But, you know, everyone, I had lovely, um, my whole cast was great and they Mm. were so kind to me. um, But there were incidents where I'm like, wow, that was, that was messed up, you know. But, um, yeah. Do you feel like you want to take that up with those people? I have actually with some people. I have as a, as a, as an adult, I've, I've messaged teachers being like, hey, like the way you treated me was absolutely disgusting and wrong. I remember, oh God, I'm really dishing the dirt No, do it, do it. (laughs) Please. Um, I remember one teacher, he's a male teacher, and I was about 13. And we were in a mixed class, boys and girls, and we were doing a ballet class on the weekend. And he sent me out of class in the middle of ballet class to go and put makeup on because he said I wasn't presentable enough. Oh, my God. And I was like, wow. And I remember being so embarrassed at the time. I was so embarrassed because I was like, what are you saying? Am I I ugly? Uh, Everyone else doesn't have makeup on, but I have to go. I have to leave the class and put makeup on. No. Yeah. At 13. So he made me feel like I wasn't good enough just as myself to be in the room. 
and he I, I had to leave the class during a ballet exercise to I go mean, put makeup on and come beyond. back that's insane but I called him up on it and I was like dude and he got it he got it he, he got didn't it? reply of course oh, he really? didn't you know and I was like look at me now baby like wow. idiot hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Coming through that with the confidence you have and the love for life you have, it like all of that, even though my God must have been hard, you grew into this incredible character because you were like, I'm not going to take this crap. No. Yeah. But it's hard to do when you're 13. Oh, uh, yeah, It's of like course. the most sensitive age. Yeah, and also you wanna, you don't want to be the odd one out when you're 13. Of course not. You want to fit in with everyone else. Oh, my God. So, um, I remember yeah. you told me that during this period uh, in this like, you know, also this understanding that you are incredible and you're running your show and everyone else needs you and what you thought was wild is beautiful and that whole thing. You, I also know that you talk about a period where you're like, what is this, you know, crap, ballet, perfection, all this, and you went into a more search for life and, yeah. you know, what really life is about. Can you tell me about that period? Uh, oh, that's my You don't have to times. drop all the <laughs> no, details. No, I won't drop all the details. <laughs> but that was a fun time. It was when I had graduated from the Royal Ballet. I was about, what, nine, maybe even earlier, 17, 18, 19. Graduated. I was looking around outside at all the other arts that was yeah. going on yeah. in the world. And I was getting excited. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> um, And I was influenced by so many different walks of life, so many different women, women who were from the sex industry. Yeah. I found them super empowering, like strippers. Before even strippers was cool, before it was in the music videos. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, wow, these women. Like, I didn't see them as weak. I saw them as like, wow, you guys are the strongest women because you get up and you do that and you are the boss. And I don't know. It sounds crazy, but I was really empowered by... Them. I was mm. like, wow, you guys are cool and you're sexy and you get up and you do this thing and people think you're so weak for doing this job. But I think it's incredibly powerful that you get up and you show your thing. You're the boss. Men are like drooling over you. Amazing. Having their little fantasy for a little moment and they, they can't get to you. They have no idea. It's all an act, you know. Oh, wow. And I just remember being kind of fascinated by that. Um As and you brought it back to ballet once you... you not know, stripping, no. No, but that sense. <laughs> that kind of power and, and the sensuality. I th I think that ballet can be incredibly like sexy and sensual. And it was always seen as like 
very prim and proper and very do 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 do. And I was like, no, ballet is sexy. Like yeah. we're we're so incredibly powerful, yeah. you know. And we're these dainty little things, but we're so powerful. So yeah. I was like, what can we do with that? Uh, you know, mixing in hip hop. Sensuality, music, strength, discipline, grace—like all of those things mashed together—I think is like mind blowing. So I was trying to trying to discover that way to kind of include all of those things together. And um, you told yeah. me that you did a um, choreography with was it Drop a Leg's Heart? Yeah, and that was that was funny. Everyone was doing their like classical ballet solos, and I was like, I want the score of this very famous like ballet solo from Sleeping Beauty mm. and I wanted to mix it with Snoop Dogg's it's Drop so It Like good. It's Heart. I mean. It was great and it worked and I mixed the two sounds together and then I kind of did a ballet slash hip hop routine. It's so good. It's very Save the Last Dance but better. Oh my God. You know? Can I can I, can I? I make a formal request that we film that again and do it again? We should. The, yeah. oh, we need to do this. Yeah, we, we need to do really this. Need the world to. needs to see this. Yes, I mean, yeah, it needs to be done. As a funny little anecdote, I actually came with Sophie to a pole dance class in London. Yes, yeah, I did. It's still in me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely crap. Sophie was, of course, killing it. But I have to agree, the empowerment in doing that hmm. and the moves is just something I think we all should do. It's amazing. Like get the get your sexual thing out there. Absolutely, yeah, it's power. It's it's medicine for the yeah. soul and for the heart. Honestly, yeah. every woman, I don't care what you say, ladies. <clears throat> every woman has a little fantasy at the back of their mind from just oh, pole 100%. dancing. Come on, 100%. who doesn't want to look hot spinning around a pole? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Okay. Anyway, so you were researching. Your inner whatever drives you and the power of the strippers. You come you come back to ballet school and yes. you kind of find a second win here. You're like, I like this again. You fell back in love with it. Yeah, I did. I, I felt I did fall back in love mm. with it. After I felt freedom within myself as an artist, I, it wasn't controlling me anymore, the ballet world. I was like, oh, I know who I am mm. and I know a little bit more about the world. So I can now come back to this and dance and find joy out of it again. Mm. Um And yeah, I did. And that was when your career started taking off, basically. Yeah, I yeah. think so. When I was like dancing, I was like a professional, not as a student. Yeah. yeah. Which one was the best dance? You wh- Which one do you relate to the most? Mm. Oh, that's hard. I've done many. I, I, I did do a really cool ballet um, with a group called uh, Lady Blacksmith Mombazo, mm. who are an amazing African choir mm. gospel. Like, and they're incredible. They they were on like the Paul Simon album. They're like legends. Mm. And we did like this African ballet, basically. And I was like, oh, this is my, you know, it was really cool. So we're influenced by all their like African moves. And we did a really cool African Zulu ballet. It was a Zulu ballet. Oh, I need to see that. Yeah. And they were singing live and we were like doing this whole ballet. So that was really, really fun. Um, And good for my soul. I felt like, yeah. wow, we're taking ballet here. Like, this is dreamy. Yeah, that makes me think of Hamilton and how that's exploded Ex- the musical world. Exactly. How was, good is that? It was amazing. Ah, amazing. Crazy. Yeah. And and um and so yeah, you did so many shows and you lived within that universe for at least what a decade. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. good decade, and then then you got a you were you were proper down in it, yeah, pro doing it, breathing it, living it. Mm-hmm. Did you get a sense then of How your understanding of perfection transformed? 
Like, did first of all, do you think that there ever was a thing like perfection? And if there was for you, what was it? There was a thing called perfection. Of course, in ballet, it is all about being perfect. Mm. But I never was perfect. And my technique was never perfect. And I was okay with it not being perfect, mm. actually. I always have been okay with it not being perfect. Because for me... The best dancers are the ones who are in it and who are dancing and not who are just being robotic and giving me perfect line, perfect feet. Yeah. Of course, that's beautiful to see. But that was never that was never a thing. I never got stuck in perfection. Mm. I think I was I, I was above that. I was like, no, that's not what it this is. That's not what dance is about. What was it about for you? It's about expression. Mm. You know, expressing yourself and making the audience feel something, making the audience feel like they want to be in your body and dance oh, wow. with you. Yeah. And for me, that's all about just the way you deliver. Would you call it spiritual almost? It can be. Yeah, it can be. For some, kind people, of a, for some people, yeah. yeah. It's like going to church. What, how old were you when you decided to drop out of the Royal Ballet? I was 20. You were only 20? 20. When you dropped out? Yeah. So young. You had like three million lives. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was very young. 20? I didn't even start my, like... Yeah, well, I started I was my still studying. And I was professional. We were professionals. We were dancing as professionals with the Royal Ballet from 17. Oh, my God. You know? Because yeah. your, your ballet career is very short. Mm. And what uh, happened at 20 21, when you dropped 20, out? 20, 21. Yeah. I, after I dropped out, I... I was doing kind of a freelance thing to discover myself mm. and work with lots of different companies. And I worked with a few niche little companies. And then I found myself at the box. From Royal <laughs> Ballet to the box. It was like such a jump. <laughs> it was a huge jump. I mean, like for you guys who have not been at the box, um, I think we can compare. In a few years, I think we can call the box the old Studio 54. Yeah, It's just out of this world. You have... All sorts of performers doing whatever they want to properly explore the body and and show all senses of the body. It oh. is everything from crazy to beautiful. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. it's out there. The There's variety a club in, show. Yeah, yeah. And so, what was your number? Oh my god, I had a number. Of course, I incorporated like my ballet, and I, it was called Fabergé egg. So they built this massive egg. Okay, and I was inside the egg. Okay. And I was dressed in like a beautiful, like sexy kind of like bird-like outfit on point. But I would like crack out of this egg to oh. a really dope song. Like I can't even remember, I think it was like M.I.A. or something. Oh, some really, yes. Some really cool track and I'd come out and I was like basically like this broken baby bird learning how to walk <gasps> on point. And, but then she just is like, she finds her wings and she just, then I ended up doing like this sick routine on point, but kind of doing my style of oh, wow. breaking and hip hop ballet. I want to see It that. was a sick number, actually. It was really cool. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and I had like these massive claws. So that was one of my numbers. There were many numbers that I don't, I won't go into. Okay. X-rated. Okay. No, not that X-rated. <laughs> I always, I always kept, kept it cute. Um, but re mainly, I, 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 after I started performing there, I um, actually became a choreographer for the show, which was more Oh, you were then heading. a choreographer for the box? Yes. Badass. Exactly. I didn't know that. Yeah, climbing up that box Oh, line. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I, then that was what I did because I was like, okay, guys, I've done that whole like showgirl era. Yeah. I want to like, th that's when I had my first taste of like, hmm, choreography, mm. direction, this is fun. Mm. Um, so then I started um, 
directing for the shows, um, choreographing. So you were taking in new talents and telling them yeah. what to do, basically. and kind of like coming up and creating numbers. With I'm the sure you give a bit more class to the books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, babe. Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course, you cannot do things without class. Yeah, I try. Yeah, and so and then from the box, you started doing choreography independently for editorials. Yeah, and... exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I then I then I went into a I jump, so then I went and did a play, in the West End, McQueen about the fashion designer. Crazy. So yeah, then I did that, and, and then, then you got into fashion as well. And then I got into fashion yeah. exactly, and started doing editorials. Yeah, and. Um, and check that out, teacher told you get your makeup on because yeah. you were just like modeling, front facing. Literally, I was just like in your face. Yeah. Little mole man. Oh. <laughs> anyway, not even that he even matters to me exactly. in the slightest. But it's it's nice for me just to giggle at. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of became like a bit of a not model. I hate to say that because, you know, more of like a a personality and people were interested in my story, therefore. Mm. I got a bit of got a bit of hype in London mm. and was doing a few magazines and stuff like that, and that was fun. I enjoyed it, um, yeah. but prefer to do choreography and movement for fashion yeah. and working on actual massive models yeah. and making them feel and look cool and putting them into yeah. You're helping them in their bodies because exactly. they don't naturally have that. Maybe yeah, exactly. Do you feel like the fact that you were raised with two very different cultures in your family, your dad is Jamaican and your mom is English, mm. do you feel like you want to bring in different elements because of that? Or is it just like how you see the world, how you want to br- break down what's supposed to be? Or is it just because you love to mix everything to make it? Yeah, maybe that's interesting you say that. I think maybe, yeah, subconsciously, I do want to mix everything mm. up because I'm <laughs> I'm a bundle of mixed yeah. things. Um, and I absolutely do want to bring, like, my Jamaican heritage into my work when, when it works, mainly in music mm. and the rhythm mm. of, like, reggae or dancehall. Mm. To put a ballet to reggae or dancehall is, like, it's nuts, mm. but it's super rhythmic and I love that. But no, I, I think it's just about, yeah, like you said, making things that we aren't told are beautiful be seen as beautiful. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on. It's like we're all robots being told this is good, this is beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, boring. And like, you now living in Sweden. I know. How is this? <laughs> How is Sophie moved to Sweden <laughs> during COVID? I did, I did. With your beau. With my bae. Who is my dear friend too. Yes. And you're recently engaged. Yeah. Congrats. I, thank you so much. We're very happy. Yeah. But you know, Jerry, I've been in and out of Stockholm for many years. Mm. But then I made the, like the official move during the mm. pandemic. And I love Stockholm. Mm. I love it. I think that people are super nice. Do you feel like there's something that Swedes maybe would feel better of? Or do you think that there's something you would feel mm. like if you were in a room with your Swedish girls, like even me, mm. you know? How do you feel like you'd like to teach a sense that you have from having a Jamaican father, a British mom, being in ballet, coming from Brixton, you know, like, you're vibey girl. Yeah. I you know, like, what do you want to bring? I feel like Swedes, like, you're great, but, like, I feel you can, like, let go a little bit and, mm. like, not be so conscious of, like, what is the right thing to say. I don't know, just kind of let go and don't be scared to maybe appear a little bit off or a little bit, like, 
misunderstood. I, I feel like that's okay. Um, it's okay to make a mistake and it's okay to not be perfect. I feel like a lot of Swedes are like, perfect. Yeah. And that's like, and when I first came, I was like, oh my God, these women. I come out on the streets and it's like their hair's blown <laughs> and they're in like perfect outfits. And at first I was like, wow, that's cool. But then I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah. it becomes a bit like a uniform mm -hmm. of like looking perfect. Yeah. I don't know, like, good for you girls. If you got the time and energy to, to get into that. But mm. sometimes I'm like, it scares me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is like the theme I feel like with all the interviews I'm doing right now. It's just like, it's bringing people to the wall, this yeah. need to be perfect. Yeah. It's, it's, it's straight into the wall. And like at first, like I said, I was really blown away. And I was like, wow, everyone's just so gorgeous mm. and looking great. Yeah. But then I was like, whoa, it actually becomes kind of robotic yeah. and me. it's scary you know like I don't live in Sweden since 12 years now mm. and it's scary how quickly I can get into it coming oh, back absolutely. and suddenly I, I look at myself in a different way and it's just uh. like it's something that we all need to learn to be like it's okay to be a bit out off weird yeah, yeah fine exactly. having a bad day yeah get lost yeah and do your own thing yeah. you don't need to like be told what is cool or to be told what restaurant to go to I don't know it's like yeah have a free mind yeah you know, I just, I sometimes I feel like, I don't know, it gets a little bit stuck mm -hmm. and yeah. I want to shake it up and I want to, I want women just to be like sexy and loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or not, you know, just, I just feel like sometimes there's a bit of a uniformed robotic sense of women walking down the road <laughs> and I'm like, everyone looks the same. Yeah. Um, oh, and women and men, like it's not. And like, the, no, and the men, us. darling. The men even more, actually. The men even more. I'm like, I've seen the same guy yeah. three times today, yeah. you know. Um, but, but you know, all societies have their things. I think what is interesting is to bring in different cultures and, and talk about our differences so that we can actually have the benefit of letting go of what we realize doesn't have a an application. Absolutely. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just, you know, we need to be more with each other and feed more. I know that you've been working on something exciting lately. Mm -hmm. Can we talk we about it? We can talk about it, it now. We can talk about it now. It's done. It's wrapped. Darling. Oh, yes. Can you tell us? Yeah. So I've just finished working with uh, an incredible person at Jonas Auckland, mm -hmm. who's an idol and legend. Um, yep. And we're working on a Netflix series uh, called Clark, starring Bill Skarsgård. So and, cool. And um, I've been choreographing the, uh, the series. It's coming out soon, guys. Look out. It's a really fun crazy piece I think it's gonna be really great for Sweden to kind of uh have this show represent them nice yeah because it's like really fast paced and crazy and I'm like yes let's 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 yes. turn it up you know <laughs> you know so um I'm really excited and the whole process was was fantastic I I uh, I can't wait to see uh the results but um yeah that's what I've been up to. And how did you work there? Was it dance or was it really just helping the actors get out of their bodies in a way? Or what were you helping them with in that sense? Yeah, I can't say too much. Oh, but right. I, no, but I can say a bit. Mm. I was working with dance. Yeah. And then I bagged a little role myself, darling. Did you? Did what I did you tell do? you? No. Yeah. Look out for Ursula, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for Ursula. She's coming up. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't it's wait. It's the smallest role in the world. I'm not going to hype it up, but it was. I, I'm not. 
you know, it was it was good fun. It was great. To, yeah, I'm it was sure a good you nailed. I'm sure. <laughs> like, I'm surprised you didn't go into acting as well at this point. Yeah, we'll see. I'm just not sure if I'm that good at it yet. So yeah. I um I'm going to see. But you know, I'm happy doing my dancing thing for now. Yeah. Yeah. And what is your plans and hopes for the future? My plans and hopes for the future is to bring what I've been doing in London, New York and Paris mm. to Stockholm. Thank you. Please guys. Yes. Open your mind and heart to me. Um it's I want to bring movement and dance to Stockholm within the film, TV and fashion mm. industry. Um, I think it's super important. And I just think you're nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> no, so nearly there. I'm convincing all these agencies and everything that this is this is the new thing. Oh, you're actually going around agencies convincing them to open up this perspective. Yes. Well done. Yes, I'm There's doing a lady that. boss here. Me. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm really, really like... Um, so you want them to try to open up a, a section a for... A space for this. Amazing. Yeah. because Crazy, I'm like, it doesn't exist. I know. It's yeah. like, it's, it's still, it's a new thing, even within London, not new, new, but, you know, mm. within London and, and the States, but it's definitely happening. You know, mm. I'm working with so many people in London yeah. in the fashion and TV film industry. So I'm like, it's it could happen here. Yeah. Like Sweden is a great place for creativity, music. I love course, it. It's amazing. So I'm like, come on, guys. Like And fashion. I'm like, let's go. So I'm hoping to uh, open up the minds of a lot of creatives out there to get on board with me and we can create some incredible things together. If you would do a show your day, yourself one day, what would you want to bring up? What is the main core theme you'd like I would, to I would probably up? recreate Soul Train. Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God. Let's do a new Soul Train. Oh, yes. That'd be so fun. Oh, my God. We need more fun. Yeah. We need more good, beautiful fun. Absolutely. Please bring it to us. Yes. Look out for look Ursula. Out for, yeah, look out for <laughs> Ursula. Look out for Soul Train 2. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and, and your plans is to stay here in Sweden? My plans are to, yes. Otherwise, in, it, yes. It, yes. It, this is my base. Mm -hmm. I love Sweden, love Stockholm. You are now my people and I hope I'm one of yours. And, um, but Forever. you know. Forever. <laughs> but still, wait, the States is still coming for us. My, yeah. my visa's approved. So, oh, wow. yeah, this is going to be a base for me and my friends. So we're going to be in and out. Yeah. But yeah. this is where we call. Yeah, so grab her while you have her. Yeah. I was going to say. But um, I want to start tying this together with um, womanhood, um, which we already have a lot. But during your journey as a person, as a dancer, um, as a human being, what do you feel is like the one thing you've learned about your own girlhood and womanhood that you'd like to pass on so far? I think, you know, we all battle with this. I just want you to, it's so cliche to say, love yourself. But like, honestly, girls, like we waste so much time fretting to be this like perfect person, perfect woman. Mm. But I think accept that we can be sad, accept that we can be troubled, lonely, disappointed. Oh, is this really, is this no. really like sad? <laughs> no, no, it's really important because like, first of all, um, even this bubbly person has you know, uh, yeah, deeper, I, I, yeah. darker sides. And yeah. I think we talk about that too little. So please share those sides. What are you proud of as a woman? I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud of uh, all the things I've experienced, the good, the bad, the ugly, and taking the ugly and actually being like wearing it as armor and being like, Do you know what? Fuck that. 
yeah, I went through some trauma, but I'm here today. I didn't let any any shit bring me down. I've actually it's strengthened me. It's made me even more powerful. Mm. And I, and again, I feel like it sounds so cliche, but like honestly, don't see it as a weakness. See it as a strength. Like do not see any flaws, any bullshit that you've been through, any heartache, any trauma, any loss. You got to own it. You got to bring it with you. Own it. Own it. Girl, uh. you just own it. Yes. That is it, I think. Is that it? is yeah, from you I feel like this is what we've been talking about. Yeah. I mean, if you look at your story, yeah. If you look at what you've been through and you just really did say F you and you pushed through and you killed all of them and you had more incredible careers than all of them and mm. you've maintained your happiness. Yeah, happiness of everyone, you know. And do you know what? Like I'm not always happy. I'm mm freaking sad sometimes as well and that is okay too like mm. it's okay to be down I feel like even sometimes we beat ourselves down for being like sad or weak we're mm. allowed to be weak totally. as well yes we want to be strong but we can also be weak and have our moments of feeling like I can't do this today that is okay too you know mm. let's we can't be strong all the time but let's try to be <laughs> let's try to be but let's accept but let's also ex- yeah let's accept our that moments. we're not exactly that yeah. we're not perfect and that you know we can have down days that's okay too yeah. um i feel like sometimes we're really losing the love for ourselves absolutely and no. like if you're losing love for ourselves what are we going to do what with love for the world come on yeah and we're all so bloody beautiful girls like we are we're fucking we are the the hybrid of human <laughs> we are the hybrid the women you know we hybrid are of women we're the hybrid of human like so when i'm going to ask you now mm. how would you paint the modern portrait of the modern madonna Are you gonna paint her as a hybrid? Yeah, she's a hybrid yes. goddess. She is. She is God. You know, she is. Oh, I sound like Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> oh my she God! Is God, yeah, like God as a woman. But you know what I mean? Like, come on, we rule the world. Honestly, we do. Yeah, we give life, motherfuckers. I cringed at myself when I said that. I was like, "Oh god. Yes. <laughs> oh god." <laughs> Maybe don't use that. Subscribe to the podcast Modern Madonnas and follow us on Instagram for more stories about modern womanhood. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.